This is the G-Truth, and as I'm recording this right now, Thursday Night Football is going on, so that's very exciting against the Colts and the Texans. Now, that has huge, huge playoff ramifications, so I'm actually going to talk about that immediately, because that's one of my topics, the, ram the ramifications of that game. Even though, by the time this goes up, the game will be done, and we'll know whether which team won, or if it's a tie, or something crazy. But the ramifications of it will be clear. So, let's jump into it. I have no music today to, to share or anything like that. Don't really have any stories since I recorded Tuesday to now. Nothing crazy going on. But, let's jump into it. Now, for the Colts and Texans game, the, ram the ramifications of it can be that one team that's in the hunt right now can make the playoffs. The playoff picture right now looks like this. First seed has the Patriots and 49ers in their respective conferences, and I'm going to go down the list from there. Second seed has Ravens, Packers. Third has Chiefs, Saints. Fourth has Colts and Cowboys. Fifth, Bills and Seahawks. Sixth, Texans and Vikings. Now, the first through three seeds in the AFC, in the AFC and the NFC, those teams will make it. Patriots, Ravens, Chiefs, Niners, Packers, Saints, those teams are going to make it. The rest of the NFC will make it. Cowboys, Seahawks, Vikings, they're going to stay in. Now, the fourth and sixth seeds in the AFC are a bit shaky and, and is prone for some shakeup. So now let's look at the hunt. Which teams are in the hunt that can potentially shake it up? And I'm going to go as far as the four and six teams. So in the hunt, we have the Raiders, Rams, Steelers, Eagles, Titans, Panthers, Browns, Bears, and Jaguars. Now, I did say that the NFC is completely locked up, which means that I can take off from the amount that's in the, in the hunt, the Bears, Panthers, Eagles, and Rams. Take them off the board. They're not playoff contenders right now. And now for the teams that are, is, are still in my bracket, that would be the Raiders, Steelers, Browns, Titans, Jaguars. They gotta go at least 9-7 and seven for a chance to get a spot in the playoffs. So, let's look at it. The Browns and, uh, the, Browns and the Jaguars. Both 4-6. and six, They're not gonna get 9 wins. They're not. They're just not. Now, that leaves us with the Titans, Raiders, Steelers. For the Titans... They're always on and off, especially offensively. Five of, the, five of their next six opponents have winning records, and those teams are the Colts, Raiders, Saints, and then the Texans twice. They're not winning more than one of those games. They just aren't. And they're 5-5 five and five right now. They're not going to get to nine wins. So that leaves us with the Steelers and Raiders. Let's look at the Steelers. They're 5-5 five and five right now. They have... The remaining schedule of the Cincinnati Bengals, the Browns, the Cardinals, Bills, Jets, Ravens. They have two guaranteed wins there, and Cincinnati and the Jets. They have two guaranteed losses in there as well, and it's Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. Now the other two games are against the Cleveland Browns and the Arizona Cardinals. I just don't think that they're going to win both of those games. I just don't. Therefore, they're going to get eight wins rather than the nine that they need. Now let's look at the Raiders. 
Their remaining schedule is the Jets, Chiefs, Titans, Jaguars, Chargers, and Broncos. They're going to get two wins this weekend and at the end of the season against the Jets and the Broncos. And then they're going to get one guaranteed loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. They have three other games. And those games are against the Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Los Angeles Chargers. They're getting at least one win in there. At least one win, which leaves them with at least nine wins total since they are 6-4 and four right now. So that shows that they are the only team in the hunt with a good chance to go to the playoffs. Now, I did say that this Thursday night football game has some repercussions. So, let's look at it. If the Texans win and the Colts lose, the Raiders have a much, much better shot. They had the tiebreaker in the head-to-head section category, but they need the Colts to lose at least one other division game, either against the, either against the Tennessee Titans or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Or they can just blatantly have more wins than the Colts. The Colts, if they lose against the, Te- against the Texans Thursday- in Thursday Night Football, will go to 6-5 and five and have the remaining schedule of the Tennessee Titans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to lose against the New Orleans Saints, putting them at 6 wins, putting their maximum amount of wins at 10. They're not going to win out on all those games. Therefore, if they lose Thursday Night Football, you can see the Raiders slipping into the playoffs ahead of the Indianapolis Colts. If the Texans lose on the, on the other side and the Colts win, the Raiders' road to the playoffs actually becomes a lot tougher, even though the Texans would slip to 6-5, and five, allowing for the Raiders to momentarily, this weekend at least, get into the playoffs. The, the Texans' remaining schedule is, is, is against New England, Denver, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and Tennessee again. They're probably going to win out all those games after playing against New England. They're going to lose against New England, but they're probably going to win out, setting them at a record of 10-6. and six. Even if the Raiders get to 10-6, and six, the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts are going to have probably the same division record. And Houston has the same has the head-to-head matchup win in their in their in their in their hands. Their only the only hope for the Raiders then is that the Colts end up losing pretty bad, and the Texans win their division in that case. But of all the teams overall, the overall takeaway is that of all the teams that are in the hunt and that we looked at before the season even started, because we didn't like these Raiders. We doubted them very, very much. I especially. But of all the teams in the hunt, as I'm recording this Thursday night, the Raiders have the best shot of making the playoffs. Now moving on, I got two teams in the, in the NBA that I'm, I'm worried about. And, that, and those two teams are the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. I'm worried about the San Antonio Spurs and the Utah Jazz. Now, I'm going to talk about the Utah Jazz first. They're sitting at 9-5 right now. They are number one in defensive rating at 100.2. And that is their best defensive rating under Quinn Snyder. But they are 9-5 despite that because their offense is bad. They are 23rd in offensive rating. Part of that is due to their slow 
style of play with their pace, which is 21st. But at the same time, the Mavericks have the first overall offensive rating, but have the 20th ranked pace, which is just one better, just a notch higher than the Utah Jazz, who have the 21st ranked pace. So it comes down to personnel. Part of it comes down to personnel. The Mavericks have playmakers all over the floor that can shoot and drive to the hoop, which opens up the floor and really keeps the defense on edge. Whereas the Jazz don't have that as they heavily rely on Donovan Mitchell as their scorer, and he is not like Luka Doncic who can heavily assist people. In addition to that, they are 28th in assists per game and 19th in passes per game. Now, I expressed this worry earlier in one of my earlier episodes and earlier videos saying that Mike Conley should help the Utah Jazz offense, especially especially uh, relieving Donovan Mitchell of that heavy burden of running the whole offense. However, he has not, and they have failed to reach their true potential at this point so far, which would be being the Lakers, who currently have the second-best defensive rating in the league and have the ninth-best offensive rating in the league, and which results in the first, well, actually the best record in the whole league right now. So first place, I guess. I guess. And, and the fact is, Mike Conley has not helped that offense at all so far. And that's okay, because this is the regular season. But the repercussions are going to be heard in the playoffs. If they don't solve this soon in the regular season, and not, and I don't mean a week before, two weeks before when they really start clicking, I mean now. Because you got to be clicking for a while that way when you face some turbulence, because it's going to happen in the regular season. There's going to be a stretch where it really sucks and you're going to lose. you got to know how to get out of it. If they don't fix it now and early enough in the regular season, they will be facing another early exit in the playoffs rather than being able to go farther and farther down or further and further down into the playoffs, which they can really, really do with that great defense that actually transfers into the playoffs. Now, the second team I'm worried about is the San Antonio Spurs, who have the opposite dilemma. They are 4th in offensive rating, but they are 28th in defensive rating. And that has shown in their past 7 games, which they have been on a losing streak, which is the longest since like 1996, since the 1996-1997 season. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And for an 8-game losing streak, which they're probably going to get, especially since they're going to face these 76ers, you got to look all the way back to the 1960s. 1960s or something like that. But in their seven-game losing streak, they've allowed 123 points per game. And I was going through some of the videos, some of, some of the highlights, to kind of get a sense of what it was, because I can't watch every single Spurs game, and I don't have access to watch every single game from the start or look back at it, so I had to look at some of the highlights, some of the scoring by their opposition. I looked mainly at the Portland Trailblazers against the Spurs and the Washington Wizards against the Spurs. And I... I found that a lot of what Spurs were failing on defensively was communication. And a lot of it happened on pick and roll, which is surprising for a coach Popovich team. So a lot of that poor communication led to easy points, especially on the pick and rolls, that led to points where points in the paint where they got killed on. The San Antonio Spurs are allowing a 64.7% shooting percentage within 5 feet of the basket, which just means that 
teams are getting to the paint a lot and have no contention in the paint. And that's third worst in the NBA. Now, for the three-pointer, defending the three-pointer, which San Antonio has historically done pretty well, especially last season the year before that, they went 38.1%. Teams have shot 38.1% from three against the San Antonio Spurs, which is fourth worst in the league. And a lot of that, like I've been saying, has happened on pick and rolls or screens, really, where there's been a lack of communication leaving shooters wide open or even open enough for a split second. And with so many duos around the league, everyone's a threat because those screens are for them, especially since more and more of the league has become shooting-oriented. But I believe that Coach Popovich has to and will clean this up. This mess of a team so far, he'll clean it up. They're not going to be this me- this bad on his watch. This, as, as long as he's coaching for, for them, they're not going to be this bad. This, this is, this is going to be an all-time low for the Spurs for now. But it'll get better from here on out. So the Spurs and Jazz both have my concern, but I believe that they still got time to fix their issues, and they eventually will. So I'm going to take a little break now, and then after I take my break, I'm going to jump into my top of the line for Week 12, which I did not do last week because I wasn't doing so well. I kind of went cold. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come back to it, well, this, well, today. So that will be coming up right after this short break. And I'm back. And let's get into this top of the line for week 12. And it's super nice to come back to, you know, doing this stuff because last week I didn't do it because I wasn't doing so well. And I decided, you know what, last week I'm not going to do it because because I, I, I want to get it right. I want to get it right. I don't want to be blatantly wrong or go one and four. It's it looks bad. But this week I'm gonna try to get back into it. Hopefully have a nice week and then from there just stay strong. So there are five games that I looked at that were tough and good matchups, but I think that I got the spread correct. So the first one is Bucks against the Falcons. It's gonna be played in Atlanta, the spread's at four. And and when we look at the Atlanta Falcons. These past two weeks for the Falcons, they came after coming off a bye week. They've gotten wins over the Saints and the Panthers. Combining the amount of points that the Saints and Panthers scored in those two games, the Falcons have allowed a total of twelve points combined in those two games. Saints only scored nine, and we and we know what their offense is capable of. And the Panthers have scored. Three points against them. Combining that with the fact that Jameis Winston commits turnovers more than a high schooler makes stupid decisions, you got you gotta see that the Falcons are gonna take this game and they're definitely winning by more than four points or whatever the spread says. Next up, the Seahawks are coming over to Philadelphia to play against the Eagles, and I don't know why the spread continues to favor the Eagles in in these big marquee matchups against big teams. But, I mean, the Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks here. They got Russell Wilson, and in my opinion, he's the MVP frontrunner and leader. The Hawks are winning this 
don't know why the spread's favoring the Eagles, but I got the spread. Oh, I'm going against the spread to, to go with the Seahawks. Next up, Cowboys and Patriots. Now, the Patriots' defense is great, yes. But Tom Brady has not been playing up to his style of play or level of play that he can play throughout this whole season. So, the Cowboys have a shot. They have a chance, to, and the game's going to be close as well. Now, the Cowboys' offense, although they've been pretty good, they haven't been great, but they've been pretty good up till this point, they will be stifled a bit by the Patriots, but they should have enough to make it close and within a touchdown. Even in the spreads at 6.5, they should have enough offense to make it within that margin. So I believe that the Cowboys will lose, but I think it will be close, maybe a field goal game. Now for the fourth game, Sunday Night Football, Packers-Niners. This is going to be a good one. Once again, Niners are favored here by three points via the spread. Now, I'm taking the Packers here. Three-point margin, I'm taking the Packers. I know it's a bit risky, especially with it being a three-point margin. I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't looked up where the push goes, but I'm taking the Packers here. And it's all faith in Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers and beating that 49ers defense. And I still also don't completely trust Jimmy Garoppolo, even against that Patriots, I mean Packers defense. So I'm going to take the Packers here with, going against the spread with the Packers. Monday Night Football, though, Ravens against the Rams. The spread's only at three favoring the Ravens. I mean, come on. We saw the Ravens and what Lamar Jackson can do. Come on. You've seen the numbers Lamar Jackson has posted since his loss to the Cleveland Browns were on, on six or seven game winning streak now. It's crazy, and he's crazy good. Now, the Rams still lack any semblance of consistency, especially on the offensive end. In the last two weeks, they scored 12 points against the Steelers and 17 points against the Bears. Now, they did win one of those games against the Bears, but you post those type of offensive numbers against the Baltimore Ravens. First of all, their defense is not going to allow that. That's, that's the first point. Secondly, you're going to get destroyed by 20 or more points if you put up those minuscule numbers. I'm taking the Ravens right here. I'm going with the spread with the Ravens. It's pretty clear. No question about it. The Rams should not even be considered. So to recap, I got um, I got the Falcons favoring them. And I got the Seahawks, Cowboys, and Packers and Ravens. Now, I'm not saying that all these teams will win. Although I will, I am going to say that the Seahawks are going to win. Falcons are going to win. I'm not, I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to win. I'm just saying that they're going to make it close. Part of that's going to be due to Tom Brady not performing up to the level that he should be playing at. And I'm not saying that Packers are going to win completely, but I believe that they're going to keep it within that three-point margin, and they'll probably win. That's what I'm saying. I'm leaning more to the Packers winning that game. And the Ravens, they're, they're, they're going to crush the Rams if the Rams don't play well on offense at all, which, which they're probably not on Monday Night Football. So, with that in mind... I am going to end the episode here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Please leave a comment or any sense of feedback down below. I really, really appreciate it. Anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And peace out.